0: And that's the news from RTHK.
1: Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Jim Gould and Mike Rouse is guest presenter. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Jim. On today's programme, we're taking a a look at uh, a link that's been discovered between a lack of sleep and long COVID and other ailments. Researchers from the Chinese University were involved in a global study which found that uh, people who regularly sleep less than six hours a night are almost uh, twice as likely to develop persistent COVID symptoms, and that's uh, even if they're double vaccinated. We'll be finding out more from the researchers themselves and asking how we can boost our own immune systems. After 9.40 we'll be hearing about the welcome return of international cricket to Hong Kong with the home team uh, triumphing in the recent T20 tournament and the final of the one-day international series which was held yesterday. We're also talking about the development of the game in general. Let us know what you think on our Facebook page. That's Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 23826. Joining us uh, now on the line, we have uh, two of those uh, researchers uh, from the uh, Chinese University. That is uh, Dr. Joey Chan, a clinical assistant professor from the Department of Psychiatry and Dr. Rachel Chan, assistant professor also at the Department of Psychiatry. And on the line as well, we have uh, Dr. Joyce Lam, a specialist in psychiatry in private practice and a council member of the Hong Kong Society of Sleep Medicine. Um, uh, good morning uh, to you all. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Joey Chan first, but, uh, perhaps we can start with you. Good morning.
2: Hi, good morning. Thank,
1: thanks very much. So, uh, uh, th- uh, I think mean,
2: you're
3: interested in asking about the research.
1: Yes, yes, y- yeah, rate. yeah. Well, we'd like so to... In h- that, I
3: will suggest my colleague, Rachel, who yes. is... Uh, who is very familiar with this research. So uh, would you mind
1: if I let Rachel to start first? You want Rachel to start? Oh, okay, that's, that, that, that's fine by us, because we want to hear more about the research. So, so Dr. Rachel Chan, uh, uh, would you like to, uh, yeah, t- tell us more about, uh, about the main findings? It sounds, uh, it sounds uh, pretty serious and actually quite surprising that there's this link between long COVID and uh, not getting enough sleep.
3: Yeah, yeah, thank you. And good morning. So actually our group um, joined the International COVID Sleep Study, which uh, we call it ICOSIS. It involves like um, 16 regions across the world. And um, Hong Kong, we are the ones who are responsible for collecting data in Hong Kong. And actually the aim of this um, international study is to investigate how pandemic affect our sleep, mental health, and also general well-being in the um, adult population. Um, actually, this um, SIP, uh, SIP study group we have already published a series of studies um, showing that COVID pandemic actually has led to an increase in our sleep problem, um, particularly insomnia and also circadian disruption. And also depression and anxiety is quite high during the pandemic compared to the before. And in this recently published um, study, we um, particularly look at the association between the situation and also the post-COVID condition in those who um, have already received the two doses of vaccine. So in this study, the main finding is that um, we find that for those uh, who are fully vaccinated two doses of vaccine, they actually, the risk of having long COVID is lowered by 21%. Um, Actually, uh, um, although the vaccine can reduce the risk of long COVID, um, the effect seems varied between people with different sleep durations. So um, another uh, main finding of this study is that um, we divided people into three uh, sleep duration groups. The first one is the short sleep duration, which is less than six hours. And then uh, compared to the normal group, which is six to nine hours, and then the third one is the long um, sleep duration, which is nine hours, more than nine hours. And around six, uh, 6,000 people who had already two doses of vaccine. Among these people, we find that, um, those who report short or long duration during the survey time, which is 2021, um, we found that their risk of having long COVID is one to two times higher than the normal sleep duration group. And then another uh, finding is that uh, we further look at people who had a persistent sleep duration pattern during and before pandemic. So we um, the results show that actually for those who had a persistent short sleep duration, they are having a higher risk of uh, post COVID, which long COVID compared to the normal group. But the effect on the persistent long sleep duration is not that uh, significant. So. Um, so this study actually uh, uh, showed that a uh, vaccine can um, lower the risk of long COVID, but it seems that the protection was less obvious among those who um, consistently sleeping less than six mm. hours per
4: night. Dr. Chen, can I ask which way round this goes? Is it that people who aren't sleeping enough aren't strong enough to throw off lingering COVID, or is it the lingering COVID that's causing people not to sleep?
2: Oh, actually, this is really a
3: good question. Um, it might be a bidirectional. We don't know which one caused which um, which uh, uh, right. direction. Yeah, because um, sleep actually is very important for our immune system. So maybe uh, those who have poor sleep, they can lower the uh, the protective effect. And also, it, it, it can be another way around, like, people who have long COVID, they may have poor sleep. So, yeah, and, at this and, moment, we don't know.
4: And for the same person, I suppose it could go both ways.
3: Yeah,
4: true. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a lot of concern about, a lot of people worry about COVID anyway. Um, still, I mean, we're now really three weeks out of masking, but you still see a lot of people in Hong Kong wearing masks. Um, especially on public transport. So a general concern in the background, uh, that's unsettled a lot of people, is not it? What are the psychiatric problems coming from that?
3: Um, I think, yeah, people still worry about um, getting infected. And for those who may be already infected, they are, can be uh, infected again. So people are actually worried about that. And also the long COVID, I think now people... I'm more concerned about long COVID because it seems another very huge public health concern. It can be a very long-lasting. Um, it can have a long-lasting effect on our health. So right. maybe that. People, I think. Yeah, still worry about it.
4: I think also uh, we've, as as a government and as a society, we've spent three years telling people uh, get vaccinated. Uh, or you might die, wear a mask or you might die, wear a mask or you might kill mum, uh, wear a mask or you might f- kill granddad. So we've had this this relentless publicity and we know why it was done. It was to get people vaccinated and give them the best protection. But the cumulative effect of this uh, is quite unsettling. Yeah, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. So actually, uh, also now people, uh, many of us are already vaccinated. So the reason is, I think it's lower, but people still
1: want to like, have more protection. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's bring in uh, uh, Dr. Joyce Lam. Good morning to you.
4: Morning.
1: So uh, you're in a, a private psychiatry practice and yes. you're, you're a council member of the Hong Kong Society of Sleep Medicine. So uh, what, 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 what do you make of these uh, findings from the uh, uh, HKU, uh, sorry, the, the uh, Chinese U academics of this uh, the, the, the link between... Uh, long COVID and not getting enough sleep?
3: Um, I'm not surprised about the results because um, there are already many evidence in the literature talking about the harmful effect of short sleep duration. Mm. And uh, we talk about um, sleeping, you know, too deprived is not good for health, not good for mental health or physical health. Of course, uh, it will cause um, a decrease in the immunity uh, function. So with
1: these findings from UHK lately, um, I think it's along the line. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. Hello. Yes. Oh, sorry. I thought we'd uh, thought we'd lost you for a moment. So, so I mean, just tell us um, how important is it to get enough sleep, and what what and what is enough sleep? How much is enough? That's uh, really important
3: questions. Um, although we are saying there is no magic figures. But for most adults, we are seeing that around maybe eight hours would be the magic pickers or uh, day, uh, or uh, suggested duration of sleep. And uh, WHO and uh, also um, the other uh, sleep uh, uh, experts in the world have recommended the range of sleep durations for different age groups, like um, the teenagers, uh, well, maybe up to nine or ten hours, youngsters or even uh, uh, children of primary age could be 10 or 11 hours, something like that. Hmm. So, uh, but the reality is that, like adults remotely from the data uh, from COHK you can see quite a lot of people are sleeping really very uh, sleep deprived, like um, under six. So, this is really uh, not a good um, habit.
1: Yeah, I mean, Hong Kong is a very hard-working society it's sort of a round the clock uh, city isn't it uh, i mean i mean uh, do you know what proportion of adults i mean we, let's i think the, sur- the survey focused on adults so what what proportion of adults do you think manage to get eight hours sleep a night Wow, i think that's
3: really uh, r- very rare and um the official study uh, i think the reality is that um, uh, compared to the uh, study results, there could be more people um, having this sleep deprivation. Maybe just, or maybe thirty percent, something like that, would have uh, definitely enough sleep duration.
4: What about children, uh, Doctor Lam? If I can ask, um, these sort of images of children up until eleven pm or even midnight doing homework—if um, yeah. deprivation at a young age, how serious is that?
3: That's really more problematic. I think maybe Dr. Joey Chan or Rachel Chan mm. could give answers of these aspects because mm. CUHK also give data
1: on adolescents. Oh right, okay. Uh, 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 Joey Chan, your your latest yeah. study, the, the one in conjunction uh, uh, with uh, a number of other institutions um, in places other than Hong Kong. I mean, uh, altogether, uh, the study involved uh, seventeen thousand adults. Is that correct? Yeah. there
3: is a study about that. So um, so coming back to your first question about well, whether the children in Hong Kong are getting enough sleep or not, so our figure shows that uh, nearly half of the, the children in Hong Kong are not getting enough sleep as recommended. So the problem is getting um, uh, more concerned over the years, and uh, as you mentioned, they are very busy with uh, schoolwork and also the after-school activities. And, and, and during the COVID, we found that uh, most of the people actually sit later and later. And uh, so it could be related to um, so a change in the work or the school routines, And uh, so as many of them become um, homeschooling or working from home, and they are using more electronic devices, especially over the evening, And so all these also contributes to the delays in sleep and also in the the, uh, reduction in the total sleep hours.
4: Am I correct in understanding that this study was done in 2021? Did I hear correctly?
3: So um, the 17... um i'm sorry i need to get some uh can can, can you repeat your question again
4: yeah i i thought i heard one of the doctors here say that the study was based on data from 2021
3: oh yes maybe i can Mm. explain more Mm. for the um study is conducted in 2021 and we also have data um maybe a few years ago on the general population, their sleep duration. Right and we find that, yeah. Actually, about um, 35% of them have um, less than seven hours of sleep during weekday. Thanks. And for children, um, almost like half of them, um, they don't have enough sleep. We, we uh, recommend the sleep for adolescents is eight hours, at least eight hours per night.
4: Right, mm-hmm. I see, because the, the other thing, um, explains my, in a sense, my next question, which was people f- fully vaccinated with two jabs. But of course, uh, with Sinovac, you really need three to be uh, the same as the two mRNA ones. So, are we going to get more data for 2022 looking at people who've been three or four times vaccinated? Oh, um, actually,
3: um, this, the, the 2021. Study is the phase two of our ICOSIS, the international collaboration. Right. So I think maybe the group will plan to have another one. But um, talking about the number of vaccinations, actually, um, there are some data showing that uh, <clears throat> having a booster may increase the protection. So actually, if one goes uh, could, protect, uh, could protect us, then a booster may be um, better. But how many is enough that it's really, we don't know.
4: Well, yes i i speak as a person who's had 5 um, <laughs> but uh, i was just wondering if having more boosters g- gives you more sleep
3: um,
4: yeah, we don't it, we don't know yet we, we, I, yeah we mm,
3: don't mm, well. mm, mm, mm.
4: oh,
1: know okay. Uh, okay just uh, just going back to uh, the the, the, the amount of sleep and the quality of sleep as well. That's another factor, isn't it? Uh, d- uh, Dr. Joyce Lam, um, yes. we're often told that you know, a couple of hours sleep before midnight is worth you know, twice as much afterwards. Is, uh, what, is, is, that, is that the case? I mean, should we be trying to go to bed earlier? Um, I think uh, it's not
3: the earlier or not, but uh, first of all, it's enough hours of sleep. And the other would be a, a regular pattern. Like uh, we're expecting most people, okay, um, sleeping from midnight for seven or eight hours, mm. but it also determines, uh, determines by our daily routine, like the time you're going to work, whether you are shift work or not. But it's um, possible, and uh, to the best of our, our health, tends to have regular patterns or strict schedules of our sleep of enough duration.
1: Mm. Um, Rachel Chan you mentioned uh, uh, other problems that can arise uh, resulting from a lack of sleep uh, including depression um, um, how sort of detrimental is it on our uh, uh, essentially our mental health not getting uh, eight hours sleep a night Um, actually
3: yeah, actually, there are many evidence showing that there is a close link between sleep duration and also the sleep quality with poor mental health. So for people who have a poor sleep, their risk of having depression or anxiety or uh, other mental health problems is one to two times higher than those who have a, a adequate sleep.
4: If the problem of Not sleeping enough, enough hours is so prevalent. Should we be, is there any medication that we should be looking at across society? I mean, I'm not saying we should drug everybody and make them all sleep for 10 hours, but Mm. if it's such a serious problem, are we doing enough? Yeah, so
3: perhaps I can take this question, huh? Yes, go ahead, please. Um, Yes, so, um, I do agree that uh, sleeping problem is a common issue, especially in Hong Kong. So we have to dissect this question in uh, different aspects. The one is we talk about there is not enough uh, sleep duration, and the other is about the sleep quality. So I think one very prevalent uh, sleep problem in Hong Kong is insomnia. So we believe that it may be one in 10 people in Hong Kong is having some sort of uh, insomnia complaint. And, and instead of uh, prescribing appeals to everyone, so we will advocate uh, good sleep behavior, so what we call sleep hygiene, as well as the early seeking of non-pharmacological treatment, which could be very effective for insomnia.
4: Right, what's, what's sleep hygiene? Tell us more about yeah. that.
3: Sure, so uh, for the sleep hygiene, what we want to say is to maintain good habits about sleep and to remove all the bad habits about it. So the first important would be try to maintain a regular sleep schedule, to go to bed and get up at the same time every day, including the weekend. So being consistent will help to reinforce your body's biological clock and the sleep cycle. And second is to keep a sleep-friendly environment. I know it's not easy in Hong Kong, but we try to keep the room cool, dark, and quiet. And if it is inevitable, so consider using a room darkening shades or earplugs, etc., to just to help you to have a good sleep. And third is the most related to modern people that is to limit the evening light exposure. So I know many of us are using cell phones just before the hours we, we go to bed. And now we know that exposure to light in the evening will make it more difficult to fall asleep. So, partly because The boot light itself will suppress melancholy, which is a very important hormone to prepare ourselves for sleep. And fourth would be to do some exercise. So uh, this will also be important to um, maintain a general good health and also to enhance the sleep quality.
4: Should we be watching TV just before we go to sleep or should we switch off (laughs) half an hour before we go to bed?
3: So, our general recommendation is to stop using uh electronic device for two hours before bedtime. Whoa. So, and uh, yeah, so it's not an easy thing, so, giving in a modern society.
4: I was going to say, most people, the last thing you do before they turn off the light is check if there's yes. any WhatsApp messages.
3: Yeah, so we are often thinking about let me check the one last time. Yeah. Before bed, and um, and all these are contributing to the sleep last night, and uh, the further delay of the sleep and the inadequate sleep, which maintains this uh, negative cycle.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and what about for people who have to work shifts, um, and especially night shifts? Uh, mm. So working throughout the night and then trying to sleep in the daytime, which can be mm-hmm. difficult. Um, uh, yes. Would you have any advice for those people? Yeah.
3: So shift. Work had always caused a lot of problems to sleep because we used to be a diurnal animal, that is we are so humans should be active in daytime and sleepy at night. So the change, especially with the irregular shift or night shift, will and actively affect the sleep quality and as well as the duration. So for shift workers, in, in general they are sleeping at least one hour less than those who are working a regular day shift. So uh, our recommendation for those who are working night shifts is to try to avoid uh, bright light after work. So say after a long night shift, we'll recommend them to wear a sunglasses and then uh, to reduce the light exposure. So mm-hmm. that is to help the body to, to maybe give them signal that is, uh, give less signal that it's daytime. So at home, try to maintain a very dark environment to help
4: them get more sleep. Uh Are there significant differences between age groups? About
3: shift work.
4: Um, Well, I was thinking when I did shift work as a student, and that was a long time ago, it was relatively easy to get in to the pattern of of shift. But um, I was thinking more generally. Is it younger people sleeping less or older people sleeping more? How does that work?
1: Hello? Hello? Uh, I think yeah. um,
3: the, the aging problem definitely affects sleep. Mm. And uh, we tend to sleep less mm. at uh, older age. Mm. And we have more broken sleep. The sleep quality is uh, not good, not that good um, in elderly compared to adolescents. Mm. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, Dr. Joyce Lam, you're with the uh, Society for Sleep Medicine. Um, Do you you recommend to people to take a certain type of uh, medication if they, uh, you know, have problems sleeping regularly?
3: Um, Medication is not the only cure for sleep Mm. problems, okay? Mm. But if the sleep problem is really serious, I would suggest them consulting a doctor to give some advice. Um, Medication could help a bit. And also other uh, psychological interventions, uh, including the sleep hygiene, um, Dr. Chen just mentioned. All mm. these factors contribute for uh, good sleep mm. or improving the sleep problem. Mm.
1: Mm. Oh, oh, and what about uh, like like dietary habits? Uh, I mean, uh, is it a good idea uh, not to eat too late, for instance?
3: Yes. Mm. I think it's also the tips. Uh, one of the tips of uh, good sleep hygiene. Mm. Avoiding... Um, you know i heavy a meal or yeah. dieting um, at the uh, near bedtime that would uh, help having uh, better sleep mm.
4: some people like, have a glass of wine to put them off to yeah, sleep i was going to say drinks alcohol or is oh.
1: that <laughs> <a>
4: down- <laughs> or
3: a- i think you know sometimes they're having a drink with your friends you know it's really chill and relaxing But the other issue is that if you're drinking chronically or nightly and using alcohol to promote sleep, that's another problem because uh, drinks, alcohol basically uh, impair your sleep quality. So maybe initially there will be some sedative effect that promotes sleep, but in the middle of night, uh, you start uh, having uh, broken sleep, poor sleep quality because the alcohol effect wears off. So if you do have sleep problems that you want to use something to alcohol or something or to promote your sleep try to get a proper way to consult your doctors
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, and what about if you sort of persistently wake up at you know like four o'clock in the morning as some people do (laughs)
3: <laughs> um, I think many many people having this kind of sleep problems. Uh, there are many ways to work on. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we do uh, psychological interventions to help them, uh, you know, um, uh, to to correct their sleep pattern or bad habits. Then they could uh, have improved the sleep, uh, less um, uh, weakening in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And for some, that's really troublesome. Uh, we may offer some uh, medication to help a bit. And some others may have other problems that uh, disturb their sleep in the middle of the night. So if that's really um, uh, a chronic problem for them, uh, do you consult
1: a doctor? Well, thanks very much uh, for joining us uh, on the program this morning. Um, Thanks to our guests. uh, uh, We heard from uh, Dr. Joey Chan and Dr. Rachel Chan, who are both uh, well, uh, Joey Chan's a clinical associate associate professor at the Department of Psychiatry at the Chinese University, and Rachel Chan is uh, an assistant professor at the same department at the Chinese University and thanks to Dr Joyce Lam who's a specialist in psychiatry in private practice and a council member of the Hong Kong Society of Sleep Medicine. We're going to continue with this topic uh, in uh, a few moments uh, until, about, until about 9.40. We'll be joined uh, by another guest uh, after this short break for a news summary and a couple of
0: announcements. The news of Ben Che. The CEO of Designing Hong Kong, Paul Zimmerman, has welcomed the government's plans for a feasibility study on improving the road network on Lantau. He told RTHK that parts of the island's roads were difficult to navigate. But he said authorities need to have a clear idea of what capacity they were building for, as improvement works could have a significant impact on the surrounding slopes and vegetation. IT sector lawmaker Duncan Chu says Hong Kong needs to do more to promote itself as a great place for starting to counter what he calls a perception error that support lags behind here. He said subsidies and government support here was on, on par with what Singapore offers, although there was a gap in private investment in early startups. He told RTHK that Hong Kong should instead compare itself to Shenzhen, which had a better ecosystem for nurturing such businesses. And central banks in Europe and North America have welcomed a government-backed deal in Switzerland for the country's biggest bank, UBS, to take over its rival, Credit Suisse. The three billion U.S. dollar deal was announced after emergency talks. I'll have more news at 10. I am Donnie Yen. Contactless e-channels: the fusion of technology with quality service. Download the Contactless e-channel mobile app and complete the enrollment through I Am Smart. Generate the QR code to enter an e-channel. Face the camera and perform facial verification. Immigration clearance is swift, contactless, and more hygienic. Fingerprint verification can still be used. Contactless e-channels leading a new way to the future. Cannabis is a dangerous drug. From February 1st, 2023, cannabidiol or CBD is also a dangerous drug under the law. It is illegal to possess or trade CBD products in Hong Kong without permission. Also, don't bring any CBD products into Hong Kong from abroad. Trafficking or sales of CBD products will be subject to a maximum fine of $5 million and life imprisonment. Visit the Narcotics Division's webpage on CBD for details. CBD, not for me. Let's stand firm. Knock drugs out.
1: And welcome back to this morning's uh, Back Chat with uh, Mike Rouse and me, Jim Gould. And this morning in our main topic, we're talking about uh, the link that's been discovered between uh, a lack of proper sleep and uh, long COVID. Uh, Before we uh, welcome our next guest, uh, just a couple of messages here from uh, listeners. Um, if you want to get in touch, uh, our Facebook page is Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us at backchat at rthk.hk or call us. The number is two double three double 266 Tony writes, uh, says uh, this is for Mike, uh, Mike Rouse, uh, this morning's uh, guest presenter. Uh, people are still wearing masks so they don't catch the flu, not because of Covid. Yeah, Could be And, and Tommy says um, I don't have a problem with falling asleep I have a problem with waking up in the middle of the night And not being able to get back to sleep That's uh, something we uh, touched on uh, Just before the uh, break for the news um, We're joined now by um, uh, Odile Thiang Who's a, a lead clinical advisor With the uh, um, Anti-Stigma Project At the mental health uh, charity Mind Hong Kong um, Good morning to you Hi, good morning. Uh, thanks very much uh, for joining us. Um, so y- your background is in, in uh, paediatric care. Um, so um, should we talk a little bit about um, the amount of sleep that uh, that children and young adolescents uh, are getting? Um, because the it, it, same story with adults, really. It seems as though in many cases it's not enough. Yeah, um, definitely. And
2: children generally... Need uh, a lot more sleep um, than adults do because their kind of metabolic rate is is much higher, so they need a lot more rest um, and uh, and recovery. But things kind of change a little bit uh, in adolescence, where their sleep pattern changes um they start going to sleep a little bit later um and kind of wanting to sleep in a little bit more which which is totally normal except that our world is not built for that their school time is really really early um but uh, definitely we have to we have to make sure that we're, we're getting especially young adolescents on really good sleeping habits and and kind of talking to them about their use of, of technology before, just before going to bed so that doesn't interrupt their sleep at all.
4: Right. Is, that, is that a case for maybe looking at school start times?
2: Yeah, there have been a few uh, school jurisdictions, primarily in North America, that looked at later start times and, and they have seen um, sort of an improvement um, in, in students' uh, both mental health and behaviours. Um, having a later start time to school, so that's it. it definitely should prompt us to, to think whether we need to shift things for, for adolescents because their their circadian rhythms are changing a right. little bit more more from when they were much younger.
4: What, can you tell us a bit more about this anti-stigma program? What, what are people uh, yeah. picking on people who are not sleeping enough, or, or what, what are we talking about?
2: Um, so the anti-stigma program is really around um, mental health and one, mental well-being.
1: Right. Um,
2: and what we're trying to do is reduce the stigma of mental health so that uh, more people actually, you know, seek out help and more people are, you know, willing to, to support others. Um, there's quite a lot of stigma in Hong Kong. We've seen that from our research, um, whereby individuals, don't want to work with or live with uh, or live near um, someone who is struggling with the, their mental health. Um, and a lot of people don't want to actually seek out help for their mental health um, because they're, they're worried about discrimination or poor treatment right. from others. Um, and I think how this kind of loops in with, with sleep um, is that – for the vast majority of people who are struggling with their sleep, it will be most likely impacted by their mental health. Um, I think if we all think about the last time we had, like, restless sleep or had difficulty falling asleep, it was usually because we're anxious about something. Um, And so if we don't manage that uh, the the sort of emotional distress that we're we're going through or the stressors that we're going through, Sleep is very, very
4: much impacted. So people can feel that there's something wrong, and mm-hmm. they know that they need help. But you think they might be nervous about seeking the help because then uh, people would there would be a stigma attached to seeking help with mental situation. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Because they, they would fear that people would think less of them. Um, there is um, the stigma that you know. Mental mental health distress is because of, of weakness and because you know you just can't you know pull yourself by your bootstraps and, and right. carry on. Um, but that's very much not not uh, not true. And one of the things that our program does is we train individuals who have struggled with their mental health to speak about it in public in a way that's safe for them and informative for the audience. And that has been shown to be very effective um, in reducing stigma because it puts you know a human face to to this thing that we are all kind of scared of or or think that it's weakness and you see that um, the stories behind why people are struggling what did it look like um, and actually mental health struggles look um, a lot more common than we think about right like it's that struggle to sleep Uh, maybe it's um, feeling like you just like, don't want to go to work because you're not as interested anymore or, or feeling a little bit more detached. Um, it's not necessarily always the way we envision it from what we see in the media.
4: Right. Prince Harry spoke about this, didn't he? Saying yes. it was OK to seek help and uh, admit you had a problem.
2: Absolutely, and I think there's a lot of strength in, in understanding. You know what supports you need, and, and the fact that you need supports as opposed to a weakness.
4: Would it be Would it be best for you? Would it help you if more high profile people came out from time to time and talked frankly about their struggles?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it has to come from the top down. Um, I think when when people are speaking about it, especially uh, whether it's celebrities or bosses at work, um, it gives permission for, for others to, to talk about it. I think that's one of the things that we've seen in our events is when our ambassadors are, are speaking, um, and I mean they're not celebrities, but um, when they are speaking, um, the questions that we get from the audience ends up being quite personal. Um, and the audience members end up opening up uh, a lot more, and it just shows that they, they've kind of created this space where it was okay to, to talk about this. Uh, it's okay to talk about how we might be struggling um, without kind of this fear of, of being judged. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, well, uh, we'll have to uh, bring a close to this uh, section of our program this morning, but uh, thanks very much, uh, For speaking to us and uh, and for explaining that. Uh, That was uh, Odile Thiang, who's a lead clinical advisor at the uh, Anti Stigma Project at the mental health charity Mind Hong Kong.
0: 95 years of public service broadcasting. Stay tuned with Hong Kong.
3: I'm Gilly of Consumer Council. Happy birthday, RDHK, for your 95th anniversary. May I wish you always filled with positive energy, continue to discover and report accurate, impartial and objective consumer news for consumers to shop smartly every day.
0: 95 years of public service broadcasting. 95 Stay, years. Tuned. Stay tuned Stay tuned. with Hong Kong.
5: You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233 266 and have your say.
1: And uh, for the last uh, part of the programme this morning, we're talking about the very welcome return of uh, international uh, cricket to Hong Kong. Uh, the home team uh, triumphed in the recent uh, T20 tournament and in the final of the one-day international series, which was held uh, yesterday. Uh, we're also, we'd also like to talk about the, the development of the game uh, in general. Um, we're now uh, joined uh, in our studio by Ravi Nagdev, uh, who's the head of uh, cricket operations at uh, cricket hong kong and uh, carrie chan who's the captain of the hong kong women's team uh, good morning to you both uh, um, good morning. morning good morning uh, uh, first of all so, um ravi uh, well uh, congratulations a on international cricket returning to hong kong and b on the success of the local team in the in the two tournaments
6: uh, thank you very much uh, i think it's, it was it's great to see international cricket returning to hong kong and also i think more heartening was to see uh, all the people who came out and supported the the Hong Kong team—it's uh, it's great for them. You know they've been doing really well over the last couple of years in terms of international performances, both the men's and the women's team. But it's it's very heartening to see the local crowds coming out and support them and cheer them on. And I think that's something. It's been four and a half years since we last held the international mm-hmm. game in Hong Kong, so mm-hmm. uh, due to various reasons. But it's it's just great to see that, and uh, for our players also to get the home crowd support. I think that's. You know, that's what sports people uh, live for, essentially. Right. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. the applause, the, and the exactly. Cheering, you know, kids shouting "Go Hong Kong." That's that's what that's what we are all here for, isn't it?
4: Are you are you seeing more of an impact in the schools now?
6: Yes, uh, we we actually have a lot more schools playing cricket. Uh, at the current count, we have forty six primary schools playing and sixteen secondary schools playing cricket. Um, and then, and this is just playing in tournaments. We also have a lot of schools wanting to do fun days introduction courses uh you know i think the impact of players like carrie chan whose uh her, her performances and uh you know being someone where majority of the the people of hong kong can relate to i think that's made a huge impact as well and we're lucky carrie has also given a lot of time helping promoting and giving back to the game by coaching as well and so she's one of the many role models that we have mm-hmm.
4: we had i had no idea it was that extensive in the school no. it's it's That's it's impressive. growing yes yeah because mm-hmm. historically you think of it as a colonial game played by white men or indian men
6: <laughs> it's 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 actually a perception that we've been trying to uh, uh you know there's a perception previously that it was a game uh for the expats uh but but it's actually far from the truth right now uh it's, it's expats and not only expats, but also the ethnic minorities play it. But it's also the local locals who are taking on. I think uh, mm. if you look at the women's team, and that's a prime example, or even the women's league that we have, the, the top divisions have 12 teams playing. And I would say more than 50 or 60% of the players playing in that league are locals. Mm. And uh, again, Carrie Chan being captain, of, she captains a team with uh, you know all communities involved in it. I think Carrie's grown up with a lot of them. She's grown up with uh, people from uh, ethnic minority background, Indians, Indian background, Pakistani background, but born and raised in Hong Kong, locals. And I think, I don't know how she manages all that, yeah. that you can ask her. How did you get into cricket in the first place?
5: Um, when I started, I was in the secondary school. And that moment, the national team coach, Lau, he went to our school to do demonstration. And I just like, okay, I want to try different sports. And I just get into it. And uh, when I start to get into it, I play till now mm. and can't get away from it now. Mm. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, a lot of us love the game, obviously. Uh, so what, what What is it um, particularly about cricket that you like above other sports?
5: I think because I play different sports too, like football or like basketball, different sport. But for cricket for me, it's like, it's like a chess. So what's that mean that every time when you go to play, you have to change your plan immediately you can't stick with your plan. And also when you're in the ground, because the coach is not around you, so you have to talk with your teammates, think about what to do, and then all the things by yourself. And it seems like a team sport, but also it's individual sport. So it's so many things connecting together, make me like it more.
4: And an intellectual aspect, not just physical.
5: Yes, mentally is very, very challenging. Especially if you're the
4: captain. I must say, watching Hong Kong over the last many decades there's been an explosion in sport by uh, ladies um in in all sorts of sport uh rugby i i've watched um china chinese china play japan uh women's rugby and frankly i wouldn't have wanted to be on the pitch it wouldn't it, <laughs> it, it wouldn't have been safe
6: it's 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 been amazing i think women's sports is is, is one of the fastest growing uh segments in the sports market and and especially in cricket, women's cricket is is rapidly growing. And you know, no greater example is if you just look at uh, the women's World Cup that we had earlier this year, and the T20, uh, the T20 World Cup we had earlier in South Africa, and the One Day World Cup we had last year. The crowds coming in and the viewership numbers, I think they are growing leaps and bounds. And and Hong Kong as well, we are hosting the Fairbreak Invitational T20, which is. Uh, from 3rd of April to 16th of April at Kowloon Cricket Club, where we will have 30 of the world's best, 90 players from all around the world, from 36 countries, but 30 of the players are coming after playing in the last T20 World Cup. So we got the best players and we got 12 of our Hong Kong girls playing, and including Carrie Chan. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think it's an opportunity for everyone to actually see up front, uh, up and close at the ground, the best women players in the world in Hong Kong. I think that's an opportunity, wow. you know, which is which is fantastic. Yeah. How's yeah. it
4: going over in the mainland?
6: Um, so we uh, so uh, in uh, in China hosting uh, Hong is hosting the Asian Games, and uh, you know both our men's and women's team will be taking part in the cricket segment in the Asian Games. So that's another. It's a huge year for cricket. I mean, I, I, I you know if we start talking about it, this this segment won't end. But we got. Uh, T20 World Cup twenty twenty four qualifier. So she has the, both the men's and women team. So Ch- uh, Carrie has a challenge. She has a challenge of taking a team to the Asian Games. She has fair break. We got the East Asia Cup coming up. And we mm-hmm. have uh, also a emerging Asia Cup coming up in June. And mm-hmm. and that's not counting all the other tours and tournaments. So it's, you know, when you talked about explosion of women's cricket, I mean, it's just two years ago, they did the women's Hong Kong women's team did one tour a year one tournament a year it's grown to six this year and uh, i think it's not going to stop yeah
4: what's the relationship between uh,
6: cricket and the olympics Uh, so cricket is one of the sports now that is vying to get into the the la olympics in uh uh, 28 i believe or is it right yeah 2028 and I think it's, 24 is France. Right? 24 is France. Cricket is not in that one. But 28 is where uh, the ICC, International Cricket Council, and the, the Olympic Council are having discussions to bring that in. I think it helps both. I think in terms of all us associate uh, territories, if it becomes an Olympic sport, then there's, you know, not just for Hong Kong, but for every other uh, a smaller cricketing nation, it will increase their funding opportunities from the government because they support as the Olympic sport. But I think even for the Olympic Council, it will it opens up the subcontinental market, which is not really big for Olympic, but you know it's huge for cricket. So if yes. if if you know, and obviously that's one area where Olympics can then become a major uh, got, sport.
4: Seven aside, rugby got into the Olympics. Yes. Mm after members of the IOC attended the Hong Kong Sevens mm-hmm. um, and saw for themselves yeah. and it was the crowd yeah. and the atmosphere the overall mm-hmm. experience is there an event in cricket that you could take the IOC along to so uh, that they would say whoa whoa yeah we must have that
6: I, I would say the fair break I mean uh, last year we hosted the fair break invitational in Dubai because we couldn't host it in Hong Kong mm-hmm. uh, due to COVID restrictions and uh, this year it's back in Hong Kong it's 90 players, 36 countries. Each team has a mix of players, and and you know what I'm hearing from players, and and Carrie can probably vouch for it. Uh, is the you know the way the players got along, uh, you know different nations, but it was like a mini Olympic village where they they you know the players were hanging out. They were they had great spirits. You know I've seen post match press conference, even if it's an associate player winning a player of the match award, all the play including the big name players are hanging out and giving advice and, and commenting. Carrie, yeah. maybe you can yeah. elaborate a yeah, little yeah, bit Yeah, on yeah. That. Was,
1: uh, talking about the, the Fair Break Invitational, I mean, this is to uh, promote w- women's cricket and help mm-hmm. to develop her outstanding Asian talent. I mean, um, how important is the tournament for you?
5: I think there's a very good chance for like for us to play against like a high level cricket and because so many players that maybe we only can see them on the TV and then we always like watching them playing to learn from them and now they are standing in front of us and then we will train with them and then play a match with them so that's like unbelievable and it will improve like cricket Hong Kong for the cricket, because also they will come to Hong Kong to promote cricket to let the audience to know more about cricket so this amazing tour and I think for the girls that we really enjoying like last year because the players that we saw on the tv and when they on the side like their best personality is very different and then we become friends and we just talk about not only cricket we also talk about life so that's very good experience for us
4: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is it a career yeah can it can it be a career or is it a career career no i mean a career a job for can you professionally yeah
5: yeah I, I I hope so like for me I want to be a professional cricketer mm-hmm. and now to be honest I'm very lucky that we got the contract by HKSI mm-hmm. and we can become a full-time cricketer now
1: mm-hmm. can, can I ask you both about uh, facilities as well because uh, uh, the, the, the T20 the one day international that was held at uh, Kwong Road which is a nice big uh, open space the fair break is going to be at uh, Kowloon Cricket Club which is a, a lovely venue uh, we've got the cricket club on Hong Kong side um, uh, are we in in Hong Kong, are we are we well off for facilities, or, or would it be better to uh, you know develop them a bit more?
6: No, I think we definitely need more facilities. Uh, uh, with with the success of the the, the men's and the women's team, uh, and also the growth of cricket at participation level, we got you know just three years ago we started a new league which had thirty new teams coming in. We had more community teams, the schools cricket, which has been an explosion over the last three years. You know, I think obviously now the pressure on facilities is immense. Uh, and now that we are looking at hosting a lot more events, that Tinkong Road Recreation Ground, it's, we're very lucky to have facilities like that and the government supporting the grounds. But mm-hmm. it's very slowly filling up and, you know, we are running out of space. We, we have plans to do other mega events, mm-hmm. hopefully bring back some uh, classic major Hong Kong events as well. And the only way to do that consistently is to have facilities more more venues to play cricket and more venues to play showcase top-class cricket in hong kong
4: where where do you think there's potential for more
6: cricket pitches there were there there are locations we are actually speaking to the government we have uh one of the so one of the in 2018 we were given a landfill site in gin drinkers bay so and 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 that is you know we we looked at it it wasn't uh, for top level cricket but it became our home for community so that's the ground we've played a lot of uh, community levels a lot of uh, you know some there's part of it's used for proper hardball cricket then there's softball cricket played on the side ground so you know, cricket is a game that can be played anywhere I believe you know I mean if you just go to uh, Australia the people play in their backyards if you go to mm-hmm. India, Pakistan people play on the streets or in the the colonies I think that's mm-hmm. something which is you just need a bat and ball and a and a rock to be your stumps and that's mm. essentially what's happening where we want more people to have to be able to play recreation cricket even uh, tape ball cricket which is immensely popular there's now 11 playgrounds that the government has allowed uh, which is essentially football or hard court pitches to for public to just book anyone from public can go and book and play tape ball cricket in it and that's fascinating that the government sees that sees the demand and is trying to do something can but you, can, of course can we do we can definitely do more
4: can you get spin on one of those surfaces
6: um well it's 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 when you start playing at community level or that it just the, the the game becomes a lot more simpler it's more about just hitting the ball and and right. having fun rather than the nuances that carries a uh, skill level demand she's a she's one of the best spinners in, in hong kong well,
5: yeah.
6: I, I think Betty Chan will challenge that. <laughs>
5: yeah. yeah, let's see.
1: <laughs> are, 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 yeah. are you an all-rounder, Carrie? I, yeah, I'm I, an all-rounder. I, I read that you were you, you were working on your batting your batting power shots as well. Yeah, I'm mm. a
5: left-hander um, mm. batters and also left-hand off the doors. Mm. So um, now I'm working on for my power hitting mm. because I think it's good that as a cricketer that we can develop different skills of the level, and that's what I think is very important that if we have our like the facility and then the um, like more government support and more people support that would be very nice for us
4: mm. i think it's mm. awesome that we have not just one great lady cricketer in hong kong but th- you immediately said there's another one who would challenge oh, that assessment
6: it's it's uh, i mean you know do come down you know if uh, you know both of you very invited but everyone else uh, you know listening to this come to fabric you know watch support the hong kong girls mm. they will be going on the field and and we can show that, you know, the women are ranked 21st in the world, mm. uh, and and that's for a reason. Um, and I think our Hong Kong girls are, you know, as as good. And what they just lack is the opportunity mm. to play top class cricket. And fair break is one opportunity they get to compete with the best. And and I think Carrie's confidence as a player after last mm. uh, May's tournament in Dubai and till now it's. It's a testament, and Mariko and other players who played, you know, their their levels and skills, levels and the confidence they get. That if I can score, and if I can get wickets against them, I can do it against others as well. So it just helps lift everyone's performances. Okay.
1: Well, so, so one last uh, point, because uh, we're, we're, we're coming to the end. We're, we're coming up to the top of the hour, but an annual event that we used to enjoy so much was the cricket sixes. Do you have any? Is there, is there anything you can tell us about uh, when, if, and when that tournament might return?
6: Um. <laughs> yeah, but well, not, not sorry. Right I don't now, want to but, put you on the spot. Yeah, not right now. But I think that is right. definitely right. Uh, in the pipeline. I think right. sixes is, is 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 an event like the sevens, mm. which uh, combines you know the community and the carnival, and it's a celebration of Hong Kong mm. cricket. Yeah. And I think if we can bring an event like that back, it it helps encompass everything else that we are doing. Uh, you know, international performances, our community performances, and our domestic leagues. And I think it brings everything together and celebrates cricket over th- three days and we would love nothing more but we are uh, we still a lot of work needs to be done to get that back as and and when we do get it back we want it to ensure that it, it continues every year and is not a stopgap arrangement mm,
1: mm. yeah a, a tournament like that must take an awful lot of uh, organizing yes yes money yes yes so we, we definitely will do it properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and sponsorship and all the rest of it. Yeah, OK, well, uh, thank you uh, both uh, very much for taking part uh, in the programme this morning. That was uh, very interesting. Uh, congratulations again to the Hong Kong men's team for their for the, for the win in the uh, uh, T20 series and the one-day internationals. And it uh, looks like a bright future for Hong Kong cricket. We'll certainly be uh, following it anyway. Uh, thank you very much to uh, Ravi uh, Nagdev, uh, Head of uh, Cricket Operations and Carrie Chan, uh, captain of the Hong Kong women's team. Thank you. And uh, just uh, stay with us, listeners, because we have a new summary coming up, followed by brunch with Noreen.